Welcome to Ear Full of Dirt, bringing you the latest Major League Rugby news, views, and abuse. Now here are your hosts, Aaron, Dan, and Victor. Good evening, everyone. Um, let's just get into it. Uh, in the rundown. So Dan's off tonight. He's flying up to Atlanta on business. I think he gets in late, or maybe he's drinking a beer, or maybe he's asleep already. I don't know. I'm not his dad. So we've brought on Gift from Gift Time Rugby to hang out for the evening. He's going to give us some of that Louisiana flair and the big hits. We're talking Sabercats. Utah Warriors bringing on Alf Daniels. Spent some time in Texas. Victor caught Old Blue versus Glendale over at Columbia. So let's get into it, guys. Gift. Thanks for coming on tonight. Uh, how are you doing, man? And tell us about what you do. Hey, thank you guys very much for having me on. I'm, I'm really happy to hear it. Um, so what is it that I do? I do I do quite a few things, but for the most part, we are a broadcasting and promoting company here at Gift Time Rugby. We want to make sure that we're able to, you know, be able to translate rugby so we can bring in those who are not typically rugby people and transfer them over a little bit, help out on that, give it by broadcasting games, just trying to make the game both fun and, and continuing to bring value to it so that we can uh, open this thing up and really take over the world the way that it's supposed to be. <laughs> nice. Um, tell us a little bit about this, uh, this project that you got in the, uh, in the slow cooker, the HBCU rugby classic, <laughs> I think. Is that what's going on? You know, I, I can't talk too much about it right now. We're, we're, we're setting something up. It's, it's something beautiful that I think is, is definitely in need. Um, without, without saying too much, we got, you know, it's it, it, in the name itself. It, it, it is, it's going to be dealing with a couple of these uh, historically black uh, universe colleges and universities that are out here that have rugby. I, I think it will be, uh, it's going to be a very unique and uh, very, very cultured event for rugby. I think something to the idea of what I've always believed in, in, uh, Americanizing the rugby sport a little bit. So it's coming up. You're going to hear more about it coming in the next uh, next few weeks. We just have to finish signing signing and settling some of these uh, logistic issues that we have. But uh, I'm, I'm excited for it. It's something that I've been, me and, you know, I've had a couple of people, we've been mulling on it for a while. But it's something that I've been sitting back and wanted to get done for a long time now. Yeah, I think uh, that'll be pretty cool. So, Giff, real quick, another question before we get started. Uh, have you been following the uh, development of MLR and what you think so far? So, you know, I've had a chance to be able to pick up a look. You know, I have the pleasure of having one of them in my backyard. So it's made it a little bit easier to to know. But, I, you know, I've, I've been on and off because I came into this really cautiously suspicious. You know, you come in after two attempts – well. Two recent attempts. Obviously, we're talking, you know, maybe this is the fifth iteration that's been around uh, since the development of USA Rugby in itself. So in the last three years, it's it's always been kind of the same issue. And, and I, I like what they've started doing so far. I, I like the idea. Uh, I still have my 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 questions on it, but uh, for what it's worth, I like what they've been doing digitally. I like what... Uh, they've been trying to do and 
bringing transparency. Even some of the pettiness that has been thrown out towards pro rugby. I'm not a, I'm not always a big fan of trying to antagonize any kind of beast, but I do find it quite hilarious uh, whenever you at least try and create a distinguishing line between you and another entity, even if it's sort of kicking a line while, it, while it's down. But I do like the fact that you're bold enough to do it because I think there needs to be a certain amount of bravado that comes with the sport comes with the league so that whenever you do bring it to people like it's something that you attach to you like come in with some power let's bring that beast mode you know so uh i I like what they i like what i've seen so far but um i will stay cautiously cautiously optimistic until i actually see the full season but yeah we'll see how that goes very cool so aaron what's the question guys real quick Oh, oh. Yeah, now that we're asking questions again. Victor rocks over. (laughs) (laughs) Now, before we officially get started, now that we're talking about GIF. So, GIF, um, going to what you were mentioning regarding this thing that you cannot talk much about, um, I assume it's going to be a a tournament regarding, I guess, majority African-American schools or something. Now, the only... H- a- MCS, HBCU that I know of that has rugby is Morehouse. But tell me mm-hmm. if there's any other uh, majority African American institution that has rugby besides the Black Sabres of Morehouse. Uh, Morehouse is one of them. Uh, Prairie View A&M uh, is one of them. And Howard is another. Florida A&M used to have it, uh, but for right now they went defunct. So um yeah i mean that 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 can that can kind of break things down a little bit right there but um yeah it's it's something that i think is is hugely advantageous something that we've seen with schools like lindenwood life you know saint mary's even though not varsity something that can be brought to that and uh kind of brings awareness to a community that it has lightly brushed on what rugby uh, has to offer and, and again an opportunity to really show you know what uh what what we can present as an uh, as an uh, american culture <laughs> okay very well done thank you for the answer appreciate it so now we can continue with the show <laughs> all right all right all right guys we're going to talk about branding and this is this is really where gift can bring us a unique perspective uh so houston strikers are now the houston Sabercats. Save a cat. Say it. Say it with me. Save a cat. Save a cat. I think uh, we need a sound effect we can play every time, where it's just like a <laughs> rawr. <laughs> so, um, I mean, uh, I just remember a conversation I had with Grant Cole of This Is Texas Rugby. Uh, to not be too tied to the name of the Strikers now, Sabercats or any other names within Major League Rugby until the, the season stepped off, as we saw with uh, Austin Elite Rugby, uh, as we saw with NOLA, uh, you know, creating a brand uh, outside of New Orleans Rugby Football Club and, you know, Seattle rebranding uh, and launching the Seattle Seawolves. And, you know, people are like, well, how is that, uh, you know, how does, how does Sabercats fit into, like, Houston? Well... You know, saber-tooth tigers and saber-tooth cats roamed the great plains of Texas at one point. So 
it's definitely uh, culturally appropriate. And I guess it makes chanting at games easier. Victor, what, what do you think about this? What I think is, go cats, go, go cats, go. That's what I'm thinking. No, but in all seriousness, guys, um, first of all, good, good evening. Welcome to Earful of Dirt. I always do that when I start talking. Um, I, I'm definitely going to miss the Strikers um, brand, but I'm definitely going to embrace this, this new Cybercats one, which is really cool, I have to say. Now, the little that the Strikers created out of the room, uh, uh, which they eventually changed from the old one, from the old here's the strikers team i like that one and actually just like for comparison's sake i actually showed that logo plus a new one from the Severcats to my wife and she agreed that the old one from circus rugby looks a lot better than the other one i disagree with her but eh, probably it's maybe just her thing or female thing i don't know but in any case um but again makes it a lot easier to chant obviously the fact that they call Severcats. And I'm sure that kid is going to look gorgeous once they make it. I, I guess it depends who is going to make it. But I think the kid will be looking really nice. Corey, go ahead. Yeah. I, you know, they can do what they want to do. I, I, I'm i a little disappointed that we've moved away from basically all affiliation with the local clubs now. I realize that in the back rooms, there's still a lot of relationships there. But one of the things that I thought was really appealing was the idea of having history built into these teams uh, because they were coming directly out of the clubs. Uh, with the exception of the Raptors, everyone else has uh, basically created new names for themselves that are not the clubs that they originally identified to be. So in that way, I'm a little bit disappointed. Um, even the Strikers, though they weren't an active club, they were based, that name was based on a historic club from uh, the 70s and 80s, I believe, uh, in the Houston area. So uh, mildly disappointed. Uh, that being said, uh, I, I'm still excited. I'm still thrilled. Uh, I, I actually like the logo. And uh, since, you know, Sabercats rolls off the tongue a little bit easier than Chupacabra does. Uh, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to say that's fine. Yes. I, I, you know, not quite as scary as a mythical uh, mythical creature, but, you know, it'll, it'll be fine. So that's kind of my thoughts on it. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, well, you know, there was whenever I saw that initial ch name change, there was a couple things that came to my mind. You know, first, you know, to Corey's point, I... I I always understood I understood initially why a lot of people wanted the the connection with the basic amateur clubs but from you know I Aaron always knows I I look at everything from a marketing and branding standpoint and I think you always want to at least find a way whenever you're trying to move up a level to separate from amateurism it's it you can connect to it it can diverge to it but it's still amateurism and those clubs have their own innate history that are going to go with it as amateur clubs, whether we use them as developmental size or whether or not that they continue on to be, uh, you know, stay on their own separate path and the pros go their way. Almost in the same way as uh, the Cleveland Browns did with the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Two divergent clubs, even if they, they came, two divergent teams, even if they came the same. The other thing that I realized that I think, and again, this is my conspiratorial kind of side, was that the striker logo, the striker name, was one that could have some controversy 
that stood out in terms of uh, domestic violence and after the Harvey Weinstein situation. I don't know if these things correlated, but I know whenever you, whenever the name comes up, if you say it fast enough, it does not sound good overall in the long term. And I think that there was, I, I believe that there might've been some concern to that effect with that. So to change it to something that saber to saber cats, that is still fierce. It is, doesn't have connotations that you have to that you don't easily associate to I think is good for Houston I think long term is good for MLR because the worst thing that could happen is a player have an issue and then they happen to be on a team called the strikers and then now you just have this whole new story that you just didn't want to have for the future so I think it was good long-term thinking and as far as the rest of them yeah, well, we'll see what happens that's definitely an angle I had never even considered so good call <laughs> I just, I just think it's great we uh, differentiate ourselves from a soccer team. <laughs> that helps, too. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to go the easy route, I guess, sensible. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know. The logo is good. Um, we'll see. I think uh, – you know, it's just it's easier, like, because what's a, what was a striker? I have no clue. You know, but um, so I think we'll get on to our third subject of the night. Alf Daniels is named head coach of the Utah Warriors. Uh, Utah is now pushing press releases to earful of dirt about an hour ahead of time, so I'm getting those sent to me. Uh, so at least that preps us, so we're ready to go. Uh, when um, they push their releases and, you know, we can start doing our research and spinning up our action cycle. I was told uh, by one of the guys that we definitely have our ears full of dirt because of how low we keep our ears to the rumor meal, rumor mill. So that, that was cool. Um, so we always try when, you know, as a period, as a point of, you know, journalistic integrity if we talk about rumors other than in the rumor section uh we try to have multiple sources and well other than one guy on reddit saying it was going to be someone from waikato and it was gonna be a kiwi we had no clue and you know at this point there's a lot of people listening uh out there that gift and i know and i'd heard nothing so but um let's get into alf great name by the way uh, so he is uh, he is a Kiwi. He is from Waikato, so that's completely true. Uh, he's coached at every level but super. Uh, he also, if you dig a little deep, he coached at Penn State in the fall of 2014 on an interim basis, uh, I guess based on uh, what he needed to stay in the States at the time. Uh, they weren't able to provide, but he definitely uh, – reset a lot of their systems at that point and they won a lot of games that fall and that led to you know sustained success over time uh he's currently the academy manager from for waikato he worked with uh the u20 and also was the head coach for their u19 team that uh you know won the whole thing out of 14 provinces in new zealand two years in a row so uh, you know, my full on opinion of this, I think he's a solid hire and, you know, he's built developmental pathways and he's coached at a high level 
And, you know, it's a solid get for Kimball Kajar and Ishmael uh, Tiliallo. So, uh, Victor, offload, catch the ball. Oop, got it. Well, guys, I'm really glad that the rumors were true because Waikato is, is, a, is a really rugby-heavy section of New Zealand. And since Daniels has coached literally every level of, of the game, development of rugby in Utah as a whole should be in good hands. Now, something else, too, is that when we post the news on our Reddit, in case you don't follow, remember our Dash MLR ML Rugby, excuse me. Sorry, Corey, I was about to mess that up. Um, we had a discussion, a couple of the guys and I, uh, on the comments about the fact that Mr. Daniels happens to be a Mormon, a Kiwi Mormon. And of course, him going to Utah works, majority Mormon state. And we had a conversation about how different Mormons from Utah are, as opposed to those outside of the I guess you want to call it the, the main area where the religion started. So it was, it was a very interesting conversation, but I'm pretty sure that he's, the fact that he is a Mormon, I'm pretty sure helped with the fact that he's coaching the rugby team in Utah. So let me offload that to you, Gift. Go ahead, sir. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had the same thoughts exactly. You know, when I had a chance to be able to look up uh, Mr. Daniels, the his being a Latter-day Saint really did stand out. And I think it's important that, you know, Whenever you have a state like Utah that has a that primary uh, belief system, it's it's much easier to be able to convince people to want to to attach to a team whenever you have that kind of like mindedness. It, it kind of reminded me of a situation that happened out here in Louisiana where, uh, you know, again, I always reference to football because this is just where we're at. But we had a coach that was interested in coming down here, but the Louisiana culture does not work for a Latter-day Saint concept. And the coach happened to be a Latter-day Saint. And it ended up being one of the things that kind of took him off the table. And I think it's important because this pro team, this MLR team, they want to be a pillar. You, you, When you're becoming a pro team, you are becoming a pillar of a community itself. Add to that, you're talking about a predominant Polynesian area. So, I mean, that that adds so many dynamics to that one by itself. That, yeah, I think it's great. And then, of course, what he did at Penn State. And I love seeing his little coaching videos that he put on YouTube. Like, they're very, very articulate. They they get to the point. They're simple, but at the same time, you're like, okay, I see the effectiveness. So I can see why he's had so much success in uh, Waikato, and uh, I look forward to seeing what he can do over uh, with the Warriors. Let me pass it off to Corey. Boom. <laughs> hey, thank you. Got it. So, um, yeah, anytime you can bring in, uh, you know, folks with – some professional experience or, you know, different level experience, I always think it's a good thing. Honestly, I've not done a lot of digging on my own um, on Coach Daniels, uh, but uh, from everything you're telling me, it sounds like a good hire as far as Utah goes. And culturally, I think that does help. Uh, once again, when you talk about a similar religious background, at least the, um, you know, the slope, the incline to kind of move into that culture of that place will hopefully be less for him, you know, more easily adaptable. Uh, the one thing I do want to not, not to dwell on any negative topics related to coaching or anything, but it's just something I've mentioned before. I still would like to see as much as possible uh, the involvement of 
you know, either U.S.-based international coaches, people who've been here for a while, or even uh, U.S. American coaches, just period. Um, and that's that's more coming from just the developmental nature of of the league and building the game in the states. I would love to see more. You know, I, I understand that starting out, especially, we need to build a base. Uh, we have a have to have a base of knowledge. We have to start here so we can go up here. I get that, but it'd be nice to see you know more Americans involved. Like uh, when we ha- when Aaron, you had the line out uh, last uh, here last week uh, with the um, with Ryan from down in uh, Louisiana there, and you know he's a guy from Wisconsin who's uh, built a you know successful rugby career and now is general manager of uh, uh, Nola Gold. So good on him. Now, he's not a coach, and maybe that's where the Americans are lacking. We're pretty good at organizing things, but maybe not great at the uh, coaching part. I don't know. Uh, but I, I'm still hopeful that you know maybe more of the assistant coach positions uh some of the lower tier stuff like that um and then maybe third fourth fifth season in we'll start seeing more involvement from actual uh you know born and bred american coaches uh as we're building building that coaching side of things as well as the player side of things that's about all i've got to say about that um as far as uh, coach daniels go Hey, awesome on him. Glad he's coming. And he's going to bring a, a very strong level of professionalism to Utah. Uh, so good on them as well. And welcome. We're very happy to have you. I guess that's about all I got to say about that. Aaron, any final thoughts before you uh, head to Texas? Uh, to that end, Corey, I, I think when it comes to coaching, it's really hard to you know, assess uh, our domestic coaching talent overall because – most of them are on a volunteer basis and, you know, you have guys outside of the college realm of the, you know, the elite teams that, you know, you see LSU, LSUA, you know, funding, fully funding coaching salaries, uh, you know, with uh, Indiana, uh, Cal Berkeley. I mean, Cal Berkeley has the only like full-time coaching staff with a massive budget. I think, uh, you know, their coaching salary budget is some, somewhere along the lines of like $600,000 for four coaches. And that's me throwing a dart, but I can only surmise based on cost of living and who they have coaching. But for the most part, D1 coaches, like in the club scene, are coaching two days a week. I mean, you don't really know what they're able to do because they're not really in a high high performance environment. And so that leads you to a, without the ability to also identify coaching talent, it, it, it creates an issue. So I I did a piece on this a while ago on why MLR needs to succeed when uh, Mitch announced that he was uh, going for a sweet gig and becoming a uh, not only the executive director of rugby at uh, the Blue Bulls, but also getting a board of directors position with the provincial union. And, uh, like, we need MLR to succeed up front to provide all those young coaches we just talked about in that, you know, two minutes, the opportunity to go, go apply a trade, you know, as an assistant and learn from 
you know, higher end coaches that decided to, you know, give it a shot. Any other comments, guys? No. I'm with you, Corey, though. I'm with you, Corey. I, I, I do hope that they use uh, more assistant and lower end coaches to be able to develop that American side. Otherwise, I do find that to be redundant component of the, the league if it, they're not doing that. Can't put it all on Gary Gold. There we go. <laughs> no, I, I, I think it's like it's important. Like so for coaching development, we need to have this league so that we can develop American coaches. If we don't, yeah. if we don't have this league, then, you know, we're, we're running around the same circle we've run around for 50 years. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. Yep. Got to start somewhere. And the same thing with uh, the players that are coming out of the club scene. You know, they, they got to uh, build up that talent and build up uh, to a professional level as well. And I think that's why we're going to see teams adding, uh, sprinkling in some internationals uh, in their roster as well, just to kind of um, first – raise the level of play and then uh, lead by example for some of these other guys who are coming, uh, coming up. So yeah, it's pretty exciting times and I wish nothing but good things for Utah and uh, very excited to see what they do. I think it's encouraging that they've got such, it seems like at least from the outside that Utah has got a very strong cultural like attachment to rugby there i mean you know byu is a big utah uh university of utah's big both of them are big in rugby and uh, it seems to be a much bigger deal out there than maybe it is in other parts of the country um so very excited to see what they can do and the fact that the uh state organizations just seem to really be embracing their professional side i think is super encouraging as well and you know so it's going to be nothing but good things for the warriors uh, going forward, I have no doubt. So looking forward to seeing what they can do. All right. So refocusing and uh, getting into Texas. So uh, this is a, a, forgive me for being a bit, little bit long, but it was a, it was a long trip. So I went to Texas with my girlfriend for Baylor homecoming. And during that period of time, I was able to knock out a ton of rugby business. Uh, so I got, I had the, Tremendous opportunity to speak with uh, Richard Osborne, president of Austin Elite Rugby, and Thierry Dupont, G- general manager of Austin Elite Rugby, this last Wednesday for two hours at Nixon Lane and to see what the vision is. And, uh, you know, it's different than what was previously announced and, you know, more to follow from Austin Elite. Uh, but so many things have changed in, you know, the last three months. There's going to be they are going to enjoy tremendous municipal support from the city of Austin. Uh, So getting into the nitty gritty. So phase one of the ground at Nixon lane will be the, the training center, which is going to be a 60 by 250 foot uh, building on the Eastern tri zone of uh, the current main field. And, you know, they are, supposed to be pouring the foundation of this building this week. And that will be up and ready to go uh, by January 1. It's going to have a full gym, rehab rooms, changing rooms, a film room, and office space. This center is going to leverage tremendous amounts of technology, as we've seen uh, Austin signing multiple partnerships with tech companies, most recently with Umbel. So it's going to 
you know, they're going to gain uh, every training metric imaginable so that the team will be able to work harder and recover faster. Uh, and then the, uh, the VIP deck, which was seen in the middle of the, the home side stands, is going to be removed and relocated. Uh, they're going to install uh, additional seating, which will bring the capacity uh, of, of seats in total up to between 3,000 and 3,500. Uh, and then I think they're going to make a two-story VIP structure for season one. So phase two, which will be for 2019, is going to be a covered ground on the north side of the trees uh, with a capacity of 6,000, which uh, they'll be working on G11 with. So originally, I think it was supposed to be a capacity of around 11,000 for the full modular expansion of that. But uh, phase three, which is going to be pretty exciting, uh, is more for uh, Thierry Dupont and Richard Osborne to talk about. Uh, so it's it sounds really awesome. And this is where municipal support comes in. And then um, people have asked on the board about academy structures. Uh, I asked uh, directly to Thierry and Richard, and they're going to be making an announcement pretty soon uh, regarding both sides as they're going to field two. The current plan is to field a U19 and U23 academy teams. And this, uh, you know, will play into the, uh, the partnership that the Red River Rugby Collegiate Conference signed with MLR. Uh, we've already seen the launch of Glendale U20 and the announcement of the Seattle U20 sides. Uh, the next big thing on that was player welfare is extremely important to, uh, to Austin. Uh, last year they had a full medical staff on hand. Uh, this year they're, they're looking to be, uh, the leaders in major league rugby going forward when it comes to player welfare. Currently, uh, they're working with French experts as well as having had some engagements with world rugby player welfare professionals to establish the best protocols that will exceed what is currently required of professional organizations in rugby. Uh, the last thing Richard left me with uh, after those two hours was to really talk about expansion of rookie rugby. So at the Austin Blacks 50th uh, gala, uh, Dan Payne, I don't think USA Rugby has talked about it yet, but Dan Payne, CEO of USA Rugby, uh, appointed Steve Swindle, who is a longtime player and now old boy with the Austin Blacks to lead rookie rugby in the state of Texas. And with that, the full-time players of Austin elite rugby will be supporting him when he goes into the school system and help him teach rugby. So that's a lot of stuff. Corey, what do you got for me? Uh, it sounds like a great trip, and uh, I just really appreciate you taking the time out of your vacation to hit up some of the, you know, talk with some of these folks. And I'll admit that I was a little bit jealous of the access that you were granted. Um, pun not intended, but I guess <laughs> that also works. So did you get a chance to uh, see Grant while you were down there, and how's he doing? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, I think we can, you know talk about that in a bit too, but, uh, he's doing good. You know, uh, the previous weekend during the, uh, the combine, uh, which he had intended to go, 
he uh, went up to the uh, Red River Collegiate Conference Sevens Championship and called that for uh, uh, the Red River Rugby Collegiate Conference. So that was really cool. Um, also, so I went down to Houston on Thursday, and you know he sends me a message and says, "I got a surprise for you," and. I, I had the chance to go down to Houston Sabercats practice and observe. And I saw just a crazy high level practice. Uh, you know, no, no time wasted. As soon as there allotted time for the field started, uh, they went. Uh, they filmed their practice. So they have, they have practice film that they break down every day. And uh, as far as the coaching is concerned, I saw some crazy stuff with uh, the forwards. And as we all know, uh, you know, Fitzy being uh, a professional uh, forward with in the Irish provincial system. And I think it was like four different professional sides. I need to look at his CV so I can, you know, repeat it uh, very fast and often. Uh, but just tons of crazy stuff that I'm going to talk to my club guys about uh, tomorrow. And then uh, uh, Sam Windsor, uh, that guy, I mean, I know he's going to be a player coach and I know he's going to be a great player for the Sabercats, but based on what I saw him, you know, execute with the backs, this guy's going to get poached at the end of his career by somebody to coach another MLR franchise, whether it's, uh, you know, an expansion team or not, because I, I now know why he's a player coach because he has the knowledge up here to coach. And we, we all know that he's a high level player. Um, so that's what I got to say about uh, Sabercats practice and Austin elite rugby uh, gift. What do you got? Uh, you know, honestly, I don't have too much, but I do love the fact that you got a chance to talk to Terry and uh, and uh, Mr. Osborne. I haven't had a chance to talk with uh, Mr. Osborne, but Terry is awesome. We did the uh, collegiate championships earlier this year. so But seeing that Austin has been making the headways that they have been, um, I remember whenever I've, I've been to Austin about three, four times to play and obviously to be able to broadcast there. And the monumental difference is impressive. Like, the field, I love the stadium that they have set up. It's 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 still raw, and then to fact the fact that they're still building on top of that, I think, is huge for it. And the fact that the city of Austin, which is the weirdest combination of hippie and conservative that you could ever have in one location, is I think that they're getting the support from that is is impactful. But the most interesting thing for me is that you went from Baylor all the way down to Austin, Texas, and Houston, and made it sound like it was a nothing trip. That is like <laughs> 10 hours of road time that you just put there. <laughs> it was, and I like yeah. how you were so smooth with that. <laughs> you know, I, I needed to get out of – I needed to get out of – you know, my girlfriend's and parents' hair for a little bit of time. So, uh, you know, put in the road time. Hey, look, man, I, 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 am, I am impressed and I appreciate the effort that you made to do that because I've done that trip and it is not one that you want to do in a day. That thing will wear you down. <laughs> but, yeah, that's all I got. Boom. And Victor. 
Well, bro, dang it. I mean, <laughs> I didn't know that trip was going to be like that, but now that GIF has explained it to me, I'm thinking, like, God dang it, that's 11 hours. Man, dude, God bless you. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> seriously, now a lot of great things. Dang it. No, but seriously, a lot of great things happening down in Austin. Dang it, GIF, you're making me laugh, bro. Stop. <laughs> So no, really, a lot of great things happening down in Austin. From from what you just you just say, Aaron, uh, some things that we obviously had to keep on the download just to let you guys know. Now, um, the best part obviously is the support itself. The fact that the city of Austin is um, is looking out for the team, and the fact that AR is going to be the first professional outfit in the city, which everyone knows that Austin is the biggest city in the state that does have a professional team. Until next year, obviously, and and of course, it's a really big deal uh, to get those fans before Columbus Crew really moves out of Ohio, if they really do. By the way, because I was just reading the news about it, and yeah, MLS uh, doesn't really want the team to move out, but if they have to, they have to. So, you know, it's what it is. Okay, guys. So moving from that, and just going straight to to my topic. As Aaron mentioned at the, at, at the rundown on the intro of the show, um, I went down to watch uh, All Blue of New York against Glenda Merlin's uh, Part 2 uh, down on Columbia University's soccer stadium up on 204, I think it's 218th Street in Inwood, Manhattan, New York, in case you want to know the actual location. Uh, the match, first of all, was great. Score ended 50 to 36, going back to the Merlins in what it was a really fun, really fun affair. I had to stay with tries coming out of freaking everywhere, mostly from from the Merlins. There were some really nice tries from both Bryce Campbell and Cam Dolan. Pretty much there's the same thing that Dolan always does when he just gets the ball out of the air and scores. Well, Bryce Campbell did that. Uh, I think he did it first, and then Cameron did it back. And, and that was really fun, I have to say. Um, of course, just like the game down in, in Glendale, the Merlins started scoring really uh, a lot of it, like a lot of scoring at the beginning of the match. And when it looked like Old Blue was coming back, at least when I thought, oh, the Colorado side just showed their prowess and finished the job. Really enjoyable atmosphere with a lot of people, as I expected. Uh, witnessing professional rugby, I think, well, at least the closest to professional rugby in the NYC area for as long as been living here, which is 15 years in NYC and the States since I left the Dominican Republic. Now, if you have seen our social media accounts, you probably saw a couple of the photos uh, that I posted that I took with Mr. Steven Lewis, former director of rugby for Oprah Rugby. Shout outs to Lewis, who, which by the way, when I told, uh, when he saw me, he said, wait a minute, aren't you that, wait a minute, I saw you before, weren't you like, aren't you like a tour guy? Because I remember seeing you on a bus and I remember pointing to someone, oh, look at that tour guy. He has a USA Rugby hat, which I always wear when I'm working. So he remembered me from that. I said, well, thank you for, I said, hey, thank you for remembering me from that, sir. And I told him, I'm Victor from Here Full of Dirt. Ah, Castro's podcast. <laughs> That's the first thing he said. That's the first thing he said, Castro's podcast. And he said, oh yeah. And he, he said that. And he Exactly. No, not only he said Castro's podcast, he also said, that guy is crazy. I said, I know. That's why I like having him on the show. <laughs> it's called personality. 
So, yeah, tell me about it, right? So, obviously, shout outs uh, from, from Lewis to you, Aaron. Nice. And I, also, nice. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, by the way, another thing, too, speaking of um, Mr. Lewis, he gave me his business card. He told me, but check this out. He told me, contact me in about two or three months because there's going to be some news and I want to be on your podcast. So nice. I'm telling, so I'm telling you this straight up from Lister Rugby Mouth, because that's his, his Twitter, uh, hash, uh, at Lister Rugby. He wants us to bring him to the show. So nice. definitely line up I mean, with some, um, some, Steven. There, there was like, there was some CEO dude that said, hey, talk to me in, you know, you know, in a couple months about, you know, he's, he's kind of, I think his initials are D and P. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? He, he, he might be in the same group as Lewis, but yeah, but, but, but really, about it, apparently uh, in two or three months, we need to contact either DP or, or SL. So yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think, you know, if there's going to be an East Coast franchise, uh, you know, Lizard is going to be heavily involved, whether that's in New York, uh, Pennsylvania, even, or Boston. We're talking, you know, the guy who coaches backs from Boston to, you, you know, New Jersey, and he's like the best of them. So he's, de- I'm sure he's going to be involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I know, oh, but I'm going back to what I was mentioning. I was also taking, I also took pictures with Will McGee, with, um, with Sacramento Fenoyo, uh, Sean Davis and James Bird. In case we asked Scaring if he was playing, he was, and he the great. Uh, he also helped uh, score a try. No, he scored a try actually himself, and also helped uh, on a try. Um, also, to thank you to all of those gentlemen for taking pictures with me. Also, shout outs to Will Maggie's family, especially his mom, that I very rudely call old. So, ma'am, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. I know. I was like super rude. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, I mean, just say why? Why? No, no, but but this is what happened, okay? And 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 you know, I put my foot She's in my mouth. She's a nice lady. No, no, but check this out, guys. It was my fault. I I, I admit it. So what happens is that, I, and I also took my dad to the game. That was my dad's first rugby game. Really, I was really happy for that because my dad. Dominican only thinks baseball is the only thing there is in the world, so I'm glad I didn't do anything else. So, cool. um, so my dad was there, and I, I told him, no, dad, it's okay, sit down, relax. So my dad is 72, he's, he's getting old, so I don't want him moving as much. So I went, uh, I saw Will taking pictures with his, with his mom and, and his, um, his American family members from his dad's side and his siblings, right? So I go up to them and say, oh, hello, guys. By the way, I want to take, and I point at Will, I say, I want to take a picture with Dan Man, by the way. And then the lady says, "Oh no, no you can't take it. That's my son's." <laughs> so which was funny. <laughs> and then, um, and then I said, um, "Then she says to me, hey, you want me to take a picture with you and Will?'" And, and I said, um, eh, oh, "Yes, please. Yes, ma'am. I appreciate it. But you know what? Let me take a picture with. Let me give the camera to someone that's younger than you." <laughs> and that was, and that was his oh, daughter, and that was her daughter. Oh, but, oh, but, but I messed oh, up. Wow. No, 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 no. But take this <laughs> out. Like I'm being an ageist right now. No. But check oh, this out. I oh, check this out. But check this out. I messed up. I should. Uh, what I wanted to say is, let me let, let me get this camera to someone older than you, and that was supposed to be a compliment. But I messed up <laughs> on the compliment because <laughs> I wanted to say, oh, you know, like uh, like a jokey thing. So, so that's where I messed up. So that was my fault, and I, and again, I apologize. And she said that no, she was not going to be offended, and she wasn't. But because she told me that she and her her husband, Mr. McGee, were going to listen to this. 
because I was uh, told that I wanted to give shout outs again, ma'am, sir, well, and sir too, because you were not there. Sorry that I call you all. My apologies. <laughs> and um, but yeah, she also like she when I told her, hey, um, got a podcast for the door. Like she t- pulled out that phone and tapped it real quick and sent it to her husband. So I'm sure by Wednesday he'll listen to this most likely. <laughs> so so yeah, so Will was really cool. He was a really cool guy. Um, he said, oh dude, I I really want that uh, Glendale Raptors contract. So he he says he doesn't have it, and I and I believe him. But um, but yeah, it was really fun talking with all those guys. So yeah, it's pretty much a report, guys. That's really cool. At this point, um, player signings is a uh, is a mainstay until this thing kicks off. So the first signing that we'll talk about this week is Eric Duchal, eight men signs with Seattle SeaWolves. I I don't remember seeing him as an air force world-class athlete player but he was and he's he was in the seven system for a time and i gotta say for for all you army guys that are in the world-class athlete program in residence uh will holder was one of those when he was a young lieutenant now he's a captain and he has to do real work but uh you know i think there's two sergeants right now uh currently in residence at Chola Vista uh, in world-class athlete program in the army. And, uh, you know, they just, they just play rugby right now. So that's what it was like uh, for this guy a couple of years ago. And he, his nickname is the beast. He's a tremendous athlete. And the, the sort I, the sort I call choice, he's a choice athlete. So he's going to bring tremendous physicality and athleticism to the Seawolves side. Uh, he's currently a flight commander in the Air Force, so he's uh, he's choosing to follow rugby and uh, leave the service. Um, you know, when it comes to dreams and leaving the service, I commend everyone. And it's uh, you know, me having been in the Army for five years, it was a it's a grind. So if you have the opportunity to, you know, go chase this kind of dream, go chase it because it's not going to last that long. Uh, he's just a tremendous athlete. And that's what Americans want to see is, you know, choice level athleticism. And that's what is commercially viable as a product. And for our next signing by the Seawolves, Victor's going to let you know. Yes, guys. And the next signing was the famous, and I say legendary, Shalom Sinula, if I have. I trade, by the way, uh, like again, Aaron mentioned, he signed with the Seattle Seawolves. Now, uh, Shalom is famous for being one of three of the famous Sinula brothers, and that includes him plus his brothers Roland and Andrew. Which, by the way, prior to the recording of this episode, I was reading um, DJ Coil Rugby. Which, by the way, shout out to Mr. DJ Coil. Um, apparently, Roland just signed with Rugby Reggio out of Italy, and he's going to be joining that team uh, next month in November. And um, Reggio plays out of the, uh, how's it called, the Italian, uh, I think, ex- League of Excellence or something like that? It, has uh, like- it said, like, League of Ten or something. Uh, no, no, 
yeah, it's, it has a funny name. I think it's like League of Excellence because you got that one, and then you got Serie A, which is like second division. So it's just kind of funny. But anyways, so Shalom has been part of the Sevens program, the Eagle Sevens. He was also team captain, and he was also part of the 2015 Rugby World Cup squad. He's currently employed with Adabas Rugby to develop the next generation of rugby players. So he should be a great asset to the team, and hopefully, after he retires, he should be a coach. I hope. So back, oh geez, what was this? In May, uh, he was down in uh, he was down in Houston for a thing, and I asked him if he was uh, relocating full time, and he was like, "Love Texas, but uh, it's just a trip this time." So <coughs> that that kind of so we almost thought he was going to be a striker, but I guess not. So getting into Austin Elite Rugby, uh, Michael Reed signs with AER. He was their national champion scrum at of 2016 with the Austin Huns. He played under Paul Keeler uh, at the San Francisco rush of the defunct pro rugby USA league. Now uh, has played rugby since he was just five years old all over the world. Uh, his USA accolades. He was a four year high school all American selection. He was a junior all American selection uh, on the 2014 uh, win of the Junior World Trophy that qualified the, uh, the 2015 side to the Junior World Championships. And back to Victor. So our next um, signing, guys, is Mr. Joely uh, Jojo. That's his nickname. Uh, Tico, Tico Isuva. I knew his <coughs> last name was going to give me problems. Um, he's a winger. I believe he plays, I think plays, let me see, left wing, so 11. And um, he's coming down from Metropolis Rugby in, in Minnesota and go, going down to play for the NOLA Gold. Uh, he, you may also remember him from the Sacramento Express, where I, if I'm not mistaken, he at one time plays scrum half, which looked kind of awkward, but in any case. Um, he them some of some of his accolades: um, USA All American Sevens and Fifteens, 2014 Youth Olympics, um, 2016 USA Falcon Sevens uh, player, and he also got a call to the Fiji Sevens camp. So not too shabby. Not bad. All right. So another signing from Austin Elite Rugby, and you know one of their twenty six one of the Huns 2016 national championship players. We have a prop in Mason Pedersen played at U of A here in Arizona down Tucson. He was a junior all American uh, and he's definitely a prop to look out for as he develops to uh, hopefully join the Eagles. He's pretty, he can, he can ball. I think he can, you know, we're, we're looking at, you know, a national championship scrummager. So uh, congratulations on, uh, you know, signing that next deal. But, um, Gift, what do you think of all those guys? You know, I love what we have, that what they've had. Eric, uh, just starting off with Eric Duchal. Like, Eric Duchal had a chance to watch him whenever he played uh, at the Halloween Sevens uh, about, what, two years ago? Um, you know, I'll put it like this. He's not, he's not a speedster. 
but he's going to take over a game. He's a big body. He's, uh, you know, he knows how to use it. He's great push. You've seen, if you look at some of the videos he's done, like he's an enforcer is what I like to call it. And it makes sense why his nickname is the beast. Um, when it comes to Shalom Suniula, I felt like that's an inevitability. If, if he didn't sign with a Seattle team, I would have been shocked. <laughs> like they would have created a Seattle team just so Shalom would have been able to do it because he's so uh, imparted over there, whether it's playing with the Seattle, uh, with the Seattle uh, uh, club there itself. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm glad he's doing it. And, you know, whatever his work is with Adamus, I hope it continues. Um, you know, obviously I'll take a special interest when it comes to uh, Jojo uh, with Jojo Tukio Suva, just because, you know, again, it's a Nola gold guy. Um, I have to give Fitz a lot of credit for this because I'm starting to see it, he's, he's always mentioned it, but it's easy to see what he's trying to do in terms of getting these high character guys, you know, apart on top of the list that Victor gave to him. I think something that's really important to understand is that Jojo is, is a guy who his, 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 his father passed in 2011 in 9, 11, 2011. And I think there's something that can be said to that because there's a strength that has to come whenever you're that young. And he was what, 17, 16, 15 at the time to be able to do that. 15 years old, you're, you know, still uh, uh, taking over a major part, a huge loss. And to have the character to be able to build and continue to compete at the level he has with the USA team for the youth Olympics for star rugby with Liz Entwistle with, uh, uh, with many uh, metropolis with Sacramento to continue to keep building towards that. You have to have a certain level of strength in your heart to be able to do that. So I love this signing. Plus the fact the kid is fast. He is so fast. It's ridiculous. So I, I think it's going to be a nice game breaker. Great athlete. I think you've made a mention of this before too, Aaron, on saying that gold are getting a lot of raw guys who are really athletic. And I think that was something that you can see with this signing. Um, and in terms of with Michael Reed and uh, Mason P Peterson, I wasn't able to find very much on either of them, to be perfectly honest. I saw Michael Reed's name. I thought he was from Texas. I was completely wrong. I don't know where I thought the name was from. So <laughs> that was weird. But aside from that, you know, best of luck to Austin. For some reason, I have a disconnect with them when it comes to their team, and it's okay because it's all gold all the time. Boom. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> all right. Hey, on that note, what do you guys say we uh, hit up some uh, news items? Aaron, what you got for us, man? So apparently there's no abuse this week. Thank, thank the Lord. Hey, um, if you want me to abuse you, no. it's not a problem. <laughs> Can Watch, only uh, find a way like, to <laughs> stop your yapping and just give us the freaking news, man. All right. So Austin Elite Rugby signs with partners on the fan engagement platform of Umbel. So this is pretty awesome. As I say, dope. Um, you know, Thierry has mentioned that they're just going to leverage technology. And this is one of those technologies. You can, if you go to the website, Umbel has several, uh, you know, high profile teams that are their clients. So this will definitely uh, help them with fan engagement and gain data on fans. Cause they're trying to build, uh, you know, something where only 1% of their fans are in Austin and a hundred and 99% are out there. I guess they're trying to be like the Cowboys. So, Victor, what do you think about this? 
Well, really cool for one that they have this fan engagement platform to see obviously what's going on in in the area. It, also, the fact that um, when I posted the fact that uh, the Umbel had signed this partnership with Austin Elite, they immediately started following us on Instagram. So Umbel is one of our followers, which is really cool. Uh, so what I'm hoping is that Umbel sort of becomes like the like the standard for the league, so that way the league knows how to engage not only the fans that follow MLR now, but obviously those future fans or those, or those people that don't know of the game of rugby that you want that you, obviously the league needs to bring in. So that's my expectation. Hopefully with this Umbel signing with Austin Elite, which I hope transitions into the rest of the league. What do you guys think? Look, the more technology that's being done, the better it is. I've always been a big believer that the reason why rugby will grow in this era is because technology has finally caught up with rugby, and now we have a chance to be able to change the game. Rugby needs to build on digital, like football built on TV, like basketball built on fan experience, and MLB built on stadiums. That's how you change the game. I love it. Boom. <laughs> I just like technology. <laughs> and going, another one. going into the last, uh, I guess the last one, as far as news, uh, Victor has a little bit more, but the Red River Rugby Collegiate Conference signed a broadcast deal with 11 Sports Network. Uh, and then the other question was, uh, could this be the same one for Major League Rugby? Now, so I guess I'll take on that with them. So I don't think it has to be. I mean, I, I put it on our notes just to discuss it. Uh, but it seems that ESN, which you may remember from its former name, One World Sports, makes it easier for smaller sports leagues to get a full haul in the U.S. sports market if they cannot secure a bigger uh, channel. Now, I'm crossing my fingers that ESPN or NBC Sports picks up MLR, but having a YouTube presence always helps for uh, for sports fans outside of the country, which was a huge example uh, when Pro Rugby was around. And I used to watch the live feed from YouTube, and there was this, what, a couple of guys from New Zealand and Australia that, uh, like, I was seeing them in every game and say, hey, dude, how you doing? And we start talking of the game and, and the like. So, again, cross my fingers. Hopefully this works. Um, I don't really know that much, but I know that uh, the Red River Rugby Collegiate Conference previously had a, a broadcaster in T5, and, well, T5 has chosen to liquidate and uh, – you know, everyone's moving forward with their lives and they needed, they desired to continue streaming their stuff. So I really, I mean, kind of cool. You get Red River rugby games on the internet. Also, guys, I just noticed Mason Perdison liked our picture on Instagram and is also following us on Instagram. So we got Mason Perdison. Nice. As we talked about him a couple of minutes ago. Awesome. That's awesome right there. So, so Gift, I mean, you, you are a broadcaster. So what do you think about this deal? Look, I, I, I got to be honest. I've known about this deal for about two weeks now. So, you know, shout out to Shay Flowers, uh, the commissioner for Red River. I, I know his efforts that he's been trying to do to kind of create uh, multiple 
arenas and distributions for the for the league. Uh, and I think he's going about it the right way. Don't get me wrong, as a uh, low key would be the rival to this uh, this ESN to uh, Eleven Sports, sort of. I, I do like what they're trying to do. I've been a big believer that things need to be done digitally and on platforms. I think TV is the most overrated idea to put on. Uh, that being said, hey, keep going at it. This is what more teams need to do. As a broadcaster myself, this is what we're trying to do. Uh, I appreciate that they left LSU alone so that I can continue to broadcast those LSU games. Big shout out there. So, uh, so you know, we're able to do another one like we have this week coming up. LSU Lindenwood, check it out. GiftTomRugby.com. Anyway, so it's just being able to have these little aspects that you grow the game because, again, digitally is where rugby will be able to thrive. So I hope to see more conferences sign with uh, not big networks. I don't think NBC Sports is necessary or ESPN. I think you can control your own voice. You just want to make sure that you know how to access the audience. So have them keep coming to Gift Time Rugby. I mean, to other distributors of content. <laughs> Humble brag. Right. <laughs> Oh yeah, hashtag that first of all. Hashtag <laughs> so, so, are, are you uh, stepping up right now to say you'll go ahead and take on the streaming uh, deal for MLR next season? Look, look, I, I'm a look. If if MLR really wants to be able to have some fun, I will be more than willing to help them be able to have some serious, crazy, amazing fun with their broadcast. But hey, you know what? If not, there's plenty of rugby, and, uh, you know, we don't have to be as fun. Hey, look, you know, take it one step at a time. <laughs> we will take over. We will take over. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness, let me tell you. Beautiful, guys. So let me take the, <laughs> so let me take the, let me take the word real quick, guys. Um, as you know, uh, Daniel, Dan, unfortunately, could not make it to the show. T- and obviously, you know, he's a guy that was us. Uh, Twitter of the week, so I'm going to take over uh, for the week, hopefully, only for this week and not next week, but we'll see what happens. Uh, so to, so this week's Tweet of the Week is actually coming from the Barbarian FC account. Of course, we're talking about the famous Babas, the Barbarians, famous invitational side that's going to be playing actually in a couple of weeks. I believe their first match is going to be against either England or Australia, one of those two. But in any case, I just picked up random tweet they had because again Dan wasn't here and the tweet is the following a great hit out there at training earlier smiling face emoji how's the attacking shape looking I guess like questioning emoji I think is that um, well you should expect the unexpected eyes emoji winking emoji and then it says hashtag rugby hashtag rugby united and then the rugby ball uh, emoji so so yeah, that's that's what it is. The attacking shape. Huh? Mm-hmm. How's the attacking shape looking? And then so it's like, they, hey. they they tell them the props to you know slim down. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at pictures right here, and it's just guys doing something. I don't know what it is. I also have I just looking at a picture of um Okay Cooper with his with a ball. Who's gonna be playing for the Babas? So that should be fun. So yeah, guys, this is this week's. Um, Twitter of the week. It wasn't. I had to say it's not as cool when I do it as like I suppose when Dan does it. 
Dan does it, I think, a lot cooler than me personally. But hey, don't sell yourself short. <laughs> will, well, well, thank you. But still, you know, I had to say he does it better than I do. It's fine work, Victor. We appreciate you. Thank, oh, thank you. you. Anytime. Thank you. Okay, guys, you know what time it is, right? We got questions from Bob. I'm just my new thing. Hope you okay. like it. <laughs> I feel like everybody should have like repeated it. I feel like you need to do it again. So we go, go, we go, Bob, we go, Bob. I don't know. I'm crazy. I'm sorry. Continue. Continue. Bob. 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 <laughs> Bob Furniture. Oh, gosh. Things are getting weird. All right. Uh, we got some hot, hot questions, hot questions coming into us uh, from Reddit tonight. So here we go. Uh, coming from Progressive Thinker, U.S., uh, probably a little political there. Uh, you and uh, Progressive Thinker and Victor probably would have some stuff to talk about. Uh, would like to know, any television or streaming deals announced yet for MLR? Um, I'm hoping MLR signs with the upcoming ESPN OTT standalone app uh, that's coming out next spring, right at this time of the season opener. Now, I guess I haven't heard about um, ESPN OTT. Is that like related to the Ocho or? (laughs) (laughs) That's supposed to be over the top, by the way. I think it is. I think it is the Ocho. It is. Okay. (laughs) Welcome to ESPN 8, the Ocho. Uh, Victor, have, have we heard anything about streaming yet? Well, nothing thus far, but like I said, I would like ESPN to carry MLR matches, and especially if they're going to have a new app coming up um, next year. I, I think Victor wants Flow to carry because he already paid for the year. Yeah, and, and that account that, that account is like literally for all of us, so I just pay for all of you guys, so you know, might as well use it. God. Uh, uh, so yeah, uh, cool. yeah, I, I got, I mean, ESPN OTT, that's probably why, uh, you know, ESPN's not pushing the top 14 and, uh, right now, which sucks. And they're also only putting out, uh, three matches a week of the European champions and challenge cups, those mm-hmm. bastards. But uh, as far as the MLR is concerned, I think we've all thought it's like flow. I don't know. Maybe it's going to be gift time. You know, look, look. Anyways, continue. Continue. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) You're going to start me on a rivalry rant? This is not the time. (laughs) Man, I am impressed with your uh, willingness to. Not give in to this. We keep <laughs> well, you know, you know, I appreciate the pushes. This is that's all that matters. I'm holding it. I can hold it. I can tell secrets. Believe me. Believe me. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we've got SD Yeti, uh, who's maybe a myth- mythical creature from San Diego. We're not sure. He wants to know. Any thoughts on why we didn't see Mason Peterson, Peterson, uh, Peterson, sorry, 
Mason Peterson uh, in the USA selects this year. Uh, seems like there's a lot of potential there. Uh, what do you guys think? Okay, so I was wondering the same thing, guys, because he cannot beat the commitments with his club because his club is right now the Huns because Hunkel Hammerscheiss was present in, in the squad. So your, your guess really is the Jetty is as good as mine. In all honesty, I really don't know. And by the way, that is Pedersen, just like it's called Pedersen. Um, well, I, I have no clue, although I might have been able to ask this question this last week. Um, however, now that I think about it, if you go and look on uh, look on the roster, it, they, they were only able to take 27 guys down to Uruguay, and you know what? It was a mix of, you know, young Eagles and some really young guys and also some dudes that – some older dudes that I don't think will will make the Eagles side but could definitely definitely have the experience to, uh, you know, bolster a uh, an A side, which is what we had. You know, we went down there and we took second uh, on aggregate points. So, um yeah, that's what I got. Yeah. Banks Knows Best wants to know, anything coming in hot on the Ontario Arrows? Um, so I'll go ahead and start this one off, and I think uh, the quick answer is no. There's nothing really new yet uh, coming out of uh, the Canadian side there. But, you know, we, we keep hearing rumors. Um, I would definitely encourage everybody to go back, if you haven't already, and listen to the uh, episode from a few weeks ago when we had Brian Ray on, um, being Canadian-based. He's got a lot of insight into what's going on up there, and uh, as well as uh, kind of the professionalization of uh, Canadian sides. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of po- uh, potential. We'll just have to wait and see. Uh, Victor? What are you hearing about the Arrows? So, as you guys know, the Arrows have a couple of matches in 2018 against some MLR sites in what I assume is the trial period before an Ontario site is officially announced for the league. That's, that's, that I'm just guessing really up to this point. All right. Well, I think we're just about done, guys. So, um, real quick, I just got uh, one thing to share on our way out. I want to give a shout out to our Reddit page. Uh, that's reddit.com slash r slash ML rugby. Um, so this week we had some really good discussions on kind of how uh, Earful of Dirt fits into that community. We started on the rugby page. Uh, the four of us guys got together there. We uh, hatched the idea for the show right on the page, talking to each other. And uh, so we really feel a kinship with everyone there. And so I just want to thank everybody for their support. Thanks for letting us, uh, you know, blow up the page with uh, promoing the episodes and for asking questions and for getting feedback. Uh, it's it's a real honor to be a part of this community, to be able to uh, promote Major League Rugby on Reddit as well as on uh, the podcast here and. Also, just a shout out because we cracked the 500 uh, subscribers mark on our page this week. So ML Rugby is hitting the big time. We're halfway to a thousand people, 
So uh, my new goals now is before the league launches next spring, I want to see us have a thousand subscribers. So uh, tell your friends, ML Rugby, tell your friends. Uh, thank you guys so much for supporting us, and uh, we really are doing this for you. So uh, yeah, go on Reddit, check us out there. Aaron, what you got on our way out? I was hoping to jump in before you because you had a way more important thought. But uh, so everyone keeps asking about the seventh team. So if you go on to usmlr.com, you go on to the, the link that says teams, you see that coming soon in the MLR crest. Well, I tried to pull it out of, of Richard. You know, I tried to get the I tried to get the time. They confirmed it's seven teams. Uh, those seven teams are paid up and we're going forward, but they would not uh, divulge when their uh, seventh partner was going to, uh, you know, begin their, what will have to be a marketing spree. So seven teams inaugural season. Okay, guys. So let me jump in real quick since we're gonna about to go. Uh, first of all, a gift. Thank you for joining us, bro. It was a pleasure having you. It's been great. Thank a lot you of fun. Because, <laughs> so, dude, let me tell you, if, if, if it's, you know, like, again, I'm, I'm mulatto, half black, half white. So it feels really hard being the only black guy on the group. <laughs> when, you got, when you got two white guys, one half that's half Mexican and me, it's really hard. So, bro, gracias. Like, really, and thank you for being here. Like, you have no idea. The first time, the, the first time I did not feel like a minority in this podcast. This <laughs> Like again, even though Aaron is half Mexican, I still feel like I'm a minority. Oh. Oh. I'm glad I can help. <laughs> like I swear to God, bro, thank you. <laughs> I'm glad I can help, and uh, I, I know for real, guys. Uh, I know you guys are turning down, but I really do appreciate it. Love talking. Uh, and uh, you guys have something great going on here because, believe me, I've, I've been watching you guys since you guys started bit by bit. I don't always say stuff because I'm always watching to see how consistency you guys are. So you guys do have some good stuff. And uh, you're underestimating because you're more than 500 subscribers. You guys are, are like 520 in. I, I Give yourself the full credit of subscribers on your Reddit page. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So let me say the usual thing I would say, guys. So first of all, subscribe to our channel at YouTube, Earful of Their Fancasts, um, like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow us on all of those three social platforms. Of course, uh, follow uh, at us, really, uh, on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Player FN. And of course, leave us a review. Again, guys, we're waiting for that. It's, 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 we've been 10 episodes, and we still haven't gotten one review. Like, seriously, like, come on, guys, get on those five star reviews so we can finally call them out. We ha actually have to check our iTunes. Who knows? Probably someone put something and we haven't even checked it. Also, call us uh, to leave us a voicemail. No one has done that. Please read the first one. Number is 1720 Again, that's 1720 You're going to hear it again at the outro. So, again, you're going to hear it like three, like three times, okay? And again, join us on our live stream again, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. With that, good night. Go ahead, guys. Do, do uh, the things you have to do. Oh, last thing. Nate Osborne, Friday, um, 3 p.m. Central Time. I'm out.
connect with Earful of Dirt anytime. We're on Facebook and Twitter as Earful of Dirt. You can email us at earfulofdirt at gmail.com or call and leave us a voicemail at 720-600-2679. Until next time, for Aaron, Dan, and Victor, I'm Corey. Thanks for joining us. 